Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and I'm so glad that you're listening to our show here today. This is your first listen each and every day for all things Duke Athletics. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore as I've got all the latest news and coverage around Duke Athletics. It's a Friday. That means we're going to get a chance to catch back up with Josh Cox from the Duke Football Talk Section 17's podcast. Really looking forward to talking with him. Follow them on Twitter at DukeFBTalk for all of outstanding Duke Up football conversations as we recap the North Carolina game and get you ready for tomorrow's contest versus Georgia Tech. A quick break, and then we're back with Josh Cox right here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's so good. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors to choose from, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and more as Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious guy. Covered in 100% chocolate, that's a crime, that shouldn't be fair, and yet it's still good. Soft and easy to chew, and it is good for you. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. A great flavor like peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. You need to go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils here today on this Friday. What a Friday it is. We've turned this into a weekly segment with our friends over at Duke Football Talk, the Section 17 podcast. And my very good friend Josh Cox is back with us to talk about uh, Duke football after a tough loss last week and looking ahead to the game against Georgia Tech this week and more. So, Josh, grateful for the time. How are you doing? Yeah, man, doing okay, doing okay. You know, here we sit at three and two, and uh, and so I think I'm I think I'm doing okay. If you if you're asking my honest opinion about me as a Duke football uh, <laughs> fan and loyal supporter supporter, I am okay. Six out of ten. Yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, the best thing about this, Josh, is that it's Friday. That means tomorrow is a brand-new game day. That means we're further away from last week's game versus North Carolina and turning the page. As easy as it would be to turn the page, I do think it's important to talk about what we saw this past week between Duke and North Carolina. I say last Saturday's game, as you start to look back on it, what are the plays, what are the moments, what are the visions that you have first popping in your mind? Well, first of all, um, the first touchdown that Carolina scored, I felt like we we hung so well in the first quarter. And that first touchdown on that little wheel route, yeah, man, it was one of those things where you're sitting there watching the game and you can see it. You can see it developing. And, uh, and, and obviously this didn't make or break the game, but I'm not sure how that's not either offensive pass interference on that uh, on that screen that that the wide receiver did, or or also a crackback block. That's now something that they you cannot you cannot block from the outside, uh, blind side. And so like I, 
I was really hoping that they were going to get all the way down there and say there's a flag on the field and they were going to bring that one back because I really do feel like we had held on and we had held on and we had held on. And that was somewhat of a gimmicky play on a third down um, that I believe it was Ty Chandler that ended up getting that. Yep. Uh, but, but man, that one, that play right there, uh, the first touchdown, I, I was thinking, man, if we score, could score first, then maybe we can sit in here and, and, and go, you know, shot for shot with them and, it just didn't happen, did it? Just didn't happen. And from there, um, you know, our defense got a little leaky. Um, they showed up. I mean, look, let's face it. I mean, they're Sam Howell. Uh, say people can say whatever they want. Maybe he's not living up to all the expectations. Maybe the expectations were a little unfair. But Sam Howell is an incredible uh, quarterback. They've got some speed and some athleticism. Um, we we saw Ty Chandler really in a lot of aspects of the game really take over for them as well. And Hey, at the end of the day, I mean, we got punched in the mouth, and it, it is what it is, and we took the L for sure. So, I mean, it looked like it was going to get off to a better start. First play of the game from scrimmage for the Duke offense, a 37-yard run for Mateo Durant. Drive sort of stalled. You're mentioning that Ty Chandler touchdown we saw towards the end of the first quarter. After one, it was still a 7 nothing football game. Duke putting together a drive, and then Trey Morrison has the 63-yard fumble return for the touchdown. From my perspective, again, watching this on television and following the game, it felt like that was it for Duke. It felt like that was the big momentum play, and you hate to see it because it's only 14-0 in the second quarter. It's something Coach Cutcliffe said this team has to do a better job of. But, Josh, I really felt like that entire sideline was deflated when that happened. It was. And, and you know, number one, I thought it was a good, a good call, and I think the officials did the right thing. You know, a couple of years ago, they would have probably blown that play dead. Um, and I think it was the right call, and they, right. and they did it right there. Uh, but, you know, if you if you really watch – I won't even call names out on this, but if you really watch, um, that ball flew out and and their defender uh, picked it up. Um, and our there were two or three of our guys that kind of stood around like there was going to be a whistle. Right. And, you know, that's just something maturity-wise and, like, uh, you know, just gameplay-wise that our guys, man, so you hear the whistle, you've got to go after that football as if it's live because in that case – it was live. And we had a guy, we had a wide receiver, I'll say that, uh, that was about three yards behind the linebacker that caught that had that ball. There's no reason why he couldn't have run him down had he been going for the football. So, yeah, that was a big momentum uh, shifter. I think when it hit 21 um, is when I, I tweeted from our Duke football account, that's the ball game. No one get hurt. We have to play Georgia Tech in seven days. <laughs> You're ready to move on very quickly with that one. Uh, Josh Cox joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils today. He's from the Section 17 podcast and their football Twitter account. He's referencing at Duke FB Talk if you want to follow their work. Um, the first drive, and, and really beyond that first drive, I think it was the first nine or ten carries, Josh. Mateo Durant was still averaging over 10 yards a touch. When he had the football in his hands, he finishes with yet another 100-yard game, just barely over there, 115 or so uh, on the ground for Mateo Durant. Why do you think they stopped giving him the football? Was it a classic case of a team is behind and you want to try to throw the football a little bit more? Or was it a different a defensive game plan for North Carolina after they saw how much he was gashing the defense early? What do you think that was? Well, yeah, I do, um, and I'm a huge Mateo Durant fan. I would lead the charge for Mateo to be first-team All-ACC and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, if you take away that first carry for 37 yards, 
his numbers do kind of get a little bit more nominal, like a no, what a normal running back's numbers yeah. would be. And maybe that's just us being spoiled rotten uh, with his <laughs> talent this year. Um, but I think there was a couple of things involved there. I think naturally when you get behind, you do feel like you have to throw the ball. And by the way, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to do that until the, four, the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter or, you know, five minutes in, something like that. You don't have to, to throw the ball to get back into a game. Uh, but we sense that we do. And I will say this. I think that sometimes Duke fans especially, we get enamored with play calling. We always blame the play caller. Right. You know, ever since Kurt Roper left from the from the glory days, we have blamed our play caller for a lot of things. And as you talk to players, play calling is, yeah, it's important a little bit, but it's really not that huge on the on the list of importance. But I will say this. I felt like this was by far the weakest game that Jeff Ferris has called. Uh, we Against the Carolina defense, there's no reason not to throw the ball down the field. We did so much horizontal movement, throwing the ball to the outside. We never really were able to get down the field. And then we, when we do, Jalen breaks, you know, breaks free in that ridiculous uh, run after the catch that he had for the touchdown just to, to kick off the second half. Um, but I just felt like that that was the reason. So Mateo was victim of we started throwing the ball all the time. And then when we started throwing the ball, we still weren't successful because we were just throwing these dink and dunk screens and outs and we were getting two to three yards at a time and it just it just wasn't working wasn't working we're talking with josh cox here on the program today looking back at last week's game versus north carolina last thing and then i really do want to turn the page duke obviously the final score doesn't look great 38 7 as north carolina wins they get the one big play to start the second half an 80 yard touchdown to jalen calhoun what did you think about the blue devils defensive effort though we mentioned a couple of plays that sam howe made after a, a bit of a down game the week prior against Georgia Tech with the offensive line not holding up. And look, Duke's defense still was able to walk away with four or five sacks in this contest. Carolina still put up a lot of points on the board. What do you think of the Blue Devils' defense? Yeah, so let's rewind. Uh, seven days of you and I were talking, and I said, hey, we held them to 38 points. Yeah. Uh, we had five sacks. I think it was five. I think right. that's what the, the final number was. We had five sacks. Um we didn't we did not like have a complete lapse in the secondary per se if you want to say the wheel route that could be a lapse but other than that we had maybe one lapse in the secondary that was just glaring i think every duke fan would have been like okay they scored 37 we had five sacks okay i think everybody would have been okay good and and going into the game we thought man our offense is going to be able to put points on the board um and so i think looking at the defensive production from Saturday, I'm not necessarily upset about it. I think they did okay. That Listen, that Carolina offense at any moment, any game can put up 50-plus. Yeah. And, and so we have to realize that. I, I thought our defense actually, you know, did okay. Um, and, and even in the second half when things were kind of where you really could let your foot off and let things take place, the defense still played decently strong. And so uh, kudos to the defense, I believe, uh, Caleb Oppen and a couple of other guys who we don't call their names quite often. I know uh, he had a sack and some hard hits. And, and you know, Sam Howell definitely left that game Saturday feeling like he had been hit uh, by some solid football players. <laughs> the other thing that could be said for, for this game is we're looking back. And like you said, if we go back a week ago, uh, I was chatting with Brian Kennedy, a colleague of yours again every Friday. Someone from Section 17 joins me here on Locked On Blue Devils. 38 points given up by Duke. You're great because this offense is very capable of scoring 50, like you said, 
But also what gets lost in all of this is like seven of those points, Josh, were on the defensive end for North Carolina. So you can't really penalize Duke's defense for doing that. There's no true statistical way of, you know, those points are going to go against Duke's defense. It shouldn't be that way, but that's a discussion for another day. But but really, I do think you're right. I think uh, you have to be pleased in general with what the defensive front was able to do, what Chaka Hayward was able to do commanding that defense. And uh, the back end of the secondary, I think, would be the one group that, uh, you know, you look back on that tape and you say, we've had better days and let's try to move forward. Yeah, and we're going to struggle there. And, and ironically, we didn't think we would moving into the season. But yeah. I think, you know, it's a first-year first year coach back there um, uh, in Trooper Taylor moving over to the defense. And, right. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've just got to improve. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. At the uh, 31 points to a UNC team that's led by Sam Howell and has a guy as dynamic as Josh Downs um, out there at a wide out. Hey, listen, 31 points. I'd take that any day. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action that you need here in 2021. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Also use promo code Locked On From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Josh Cox from Section 17 Podcast from Duke Football Talk joining us here on this Friday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. We're getting ready for Duke and Georgia Tech now, a game being played tomorrow inside Wallace Wade Stadium, kickoff a little bit after noon. How fun is it going to be to be back in uh, Wallace Wade Stadium with you and uh, the rest of that seven, Section 17 gang, Josh? Yeah, we're, we're, we're full. Everyone's here this weekend, and we've got people coming with us, so it's going to be – it's going to be a good time. If you're listening to this podcast and you do attend games at Wallace Wade, we always sit in the back row, uh, top row of Section 17. And so come by and say hello. We get to uh, talk to a lot of folks that do stop in. A couple of you, of you even come and sit with us, and so we have a good time there. Uh, but we're looking forward to being back at Wallace Wade, a little bit of a chance of rain yeah, um, yeah. this Saturday. And, and, you know, that probably – Duke has done well in recent history when we've had – uh, those wet games, uh, a lot of times is really good because we uh, hand the ball off a lot more, and the more we hand the ball off, the better. So uh, looking forward to being back at home. Let's get into this Georgia Tech game. So Tech beats North Carolina 45-22. Uh, you really felt like Nor- uh, Duke would have, you know, be able to carry on that momentum for North Carolina, but they were able to bounce back this past week. And Georgia Tech does not carry their momentum from that game, and, and they got pummeled this past week against Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Panthers. A year ago, these Yellow Jackets beat the Blue Devils by over 20 points. Going into it, like what stands out when you look at this matchup between Duke and Georgia Tech? Well, you say you want to talk about inconsistency. Man, this Georgia <laughs> Tech team has been inconsistent. Now, granted, Jeff Sims has uh, did not play some early in the season and um, and whatnot, but they, I believe it was Northern Illinois that they took an L2 in the first right. week and then uh, nearly beat Clemson, <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, then they blow out Carolina, you know, all these different things. 
Um, but uh, but they have been wildly uh, inconsistent. And I will say, even in the loss though, this past week, uh, Jeff Sims put up three hundred and what three hundred and sixty three hundred fifty nine yards. I believe he put up uh, a couple of touchdowns, seventy three percent completion percentage uh, this past week. But he did throw uh, two picks, and so <clears throat> you know uh, he's key for them. I mean, we have to obviously uh, keep our eye on uh, on Sims. I just think it's remarkable how quickly Jeff Collins has turned that program. You know, it's it was it was not just that he was hired as a new coach. It's that he was hired bringing in a, a pro-style spread offense in, in to replace a triple option offense yeah. that Paul Johnson ran before. And, man, he has done quick work of that, and they really do, man. They got some skill position guys um, that we're going to have to look out for. But at the end of the day um, – I guess we have to look and see, is this going to be the team that lost to Northern Illinois or is this going to be the team that beat Carolina? And depending on which one of those teams show up, this could be a really, really long day for Duke or we could win this football game. No, it is something that uh, what team's going to show up to the ballpark. I mean, uh, talked about this a little bit earlier in the week with Bryce Kuhn from GoJackets.com here on Locked on Blue Devils and uh, similar talk with, with Duke football, right? I mean, the Georgia Tech perspective in this is – you know, if you go into the year like we discussed in non-conference play, a lot of people believed Duke could have lost that Northwestern football game but beat Charlotte. That wasn't the case. Uh, obviously, Duke got later into the ACC competition, as other teams did, knocking out all four non-conference games before their first ACC game of the season. And now Georgia Tech comes to town. Let's talk about the offense for Duke. Uh, Gunnar Holmberg in particular how important is it going to be for Gunner to have a big game against Georgia Tech? Yeah, Gunner, um, I, I tell you, his numbers have stayed uh, consistent. He is for the on the season uh, completing seventy two percent of his passes, and that is important uh, for him to be accurate, uh, for him to make good decisions. Uh, once again, uh, he did have a turnover this past week, but I, I, I hope this this makes sense. And we've talked about it on our podcast some. He's making game play turnovers. They're not like mental mistakes. It's not that he goes out there and completely doesn't know what he's doing and just throws a terrible interception or whatnot. Uh, it's really not. He's having gameplay turnovers. So I think it's important for Gunner to continue uh, not only to throw the ball well, but also uh, on those uh, on those read options, it's really important for him to read that outside linebacker or that defensive end. It's really important that he keeps the ball. Uh, when he needs to keep it. I think a, I think the best Duke offensive attack is a Duke offensive attack where Gunnar Holmberg rushes for 50 to 75 yards in the game. And so I believe that it's not just his arm, it's his legs. And if he keeps his legs involved in the game, we're a much better team as a result of it. As soon as you get done listening to this podcast, make sure you go check out the Section 17 podcast out right now. They've got their Georgia Tech preview. Josh Cox has some great content over there with the rest of his crew getting ready for this football game. So make sure you go and check that out. Josh, before we get done today, uh, you, you had the idea, let's talk a little bit about some Duke players in the NFL, kind of give people an update on how their seasons might be going so far and, and coming off some great performances. So I'll let you take the floor here, my friend. Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, you know, if you're an older Duke fan, we actually have players in the NFL. I'm not sure <laughs> if you knew that. But, uh, but we do. And, and leading the charge, obviously, uh, with Duke in the NFL right now is uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, many people remember uh, – uh, Daniel in, in college, obviously, just here recently. And 
Um, you know, if you look back at, at, at Daniel's college career, he really thrived, as I mentioned with Gunner, he really thrived when he got his legs involved in the game um, as, as, as opposed to just his arm. And, man, he has no, he's done nothing but improve that. He has also improved his accuracy. Um, he still does not have a good offensive line. He didn't have a good offensive line his three seasons that he, that he was a quarterback here at Duke. He still doesn't have a good offensive line. But, man, he had an incredible day, threw for over 400 yards uh, this past Sunday. The Giants got their first win of the season. Uh, Daniel Jones was named the NFC's uh, most valuable offensive player of the week uh, this week. And uh, I tell you what, I was I was just looking uh, ESPN.com, and I'm trying to get the writer's name uh, here real quick. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum uh, writes for ESPN.com. He does a weekly quarterback ranking. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Daniel Jones, in his rankings, uh, he has bumped up to number 13. Uh, he bumped up four slots from last week, and – He's ahead of the likes of guys like Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, uh, people like that. And I, pretty good. I, it's really neat. Yeah, it's really neat knowing Daniel's story. So Daniel Jones is having an incredible season so far. Uh, the Giants are not, but uh, if you follow any kind of New York Giants or sports media in New York, everyone is pretty unified in the fact that. This team is not playing well, but Daniel Jones is playing incredibly well for the season. Which is so good. Daniel Jones is a big one. I won't take that long on every one of them. Uh, but, you know, up there at the Jets, we have uh, three of our players. I believe Thomas Hennessy still up there on the roster for the Jets as a snapper. Um, and then Jameson Crowder. Um, shout out Jameson Crowder. Best catch in Duke football history. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jameson Crowder up there, he had a touchdown uh, catch this week and the Jets got their first win. And so both both New York teams get their first win in the season. And in both of those games, we had some Duke and the NFL action uh, going on. And then over on the other side of the football with the Jets, uh, Michael Carter, the second, you know, Michael Carter, second was always kind of in the shadows at Duke. There was always somebody, you know, uh, that was uh, Mark Gilbert kind of overshadowed him some. And then I just felt like that, that uh, he didn't get the recognition that he deserved at Duke. That guy played here four years hardly ever missed a game, and he played DB, he played safety. He was anywhere that they needed him, and that Derek Jones at that point in the secondary for, for his coach. Um, he has gone to the Jets, and, man, he has really made an impact um, on them. In fact, I saw a stat that said um, he leads the NFL in number of uh, plays run without giving up a 15-yard pass or, or longer. He wow. leads the NFL right now in that. As so, a rookie. As a rookie. And so, man, Michael Carter II, I love that. I just think that guy is a high-character guy, and, man, I couldn't be more happy for him. And then around the league, I mean, you got Ross Cockrell, who is uh, down in Tampa Bay, and, um, you know, he he is he's in the mix uh, just watching the game. Super Bowl champ. Yeah, exactly. Super Bowl champ Ross Cockrell. Um, he's in the mix on, on pretty much every play, and I was watching the game Sunday night, you know, where – uh, where Brady went back up to Foxborough and, you know, and, and Ross is right there and a part of that, which is super cool. And then a guy that we don't really think about because I don't, it's just, maybe it's his personality, but man, maybe the most consistent pro that we have uh, over the last few years is Lakin Tomlinson, man, that guy has just sat on that offensive line in San Francisco and you don't hear much from him. Yeah. He just continues to start. He just continues to never give up his position he continues to block people and he continues to make money. And so Lake in the Jamaican, man, that's my, uh, that's one of my favorites and uh, a super intelligent guy. Uh, shout out to him. He wants to, uh, after playing football, he wants to complete his medical degree and he wants to bring 
some healthcare reform uh, to the country of Jamaica. That's his goal. So that's really, really remarkable. Cool. Remarkable. Yeah, Josh, look, here's something that we know about football. When we're not talking about the offensive line more times than not, it's a good thing. So uh, it's pretty good that Lincoln Tomlinson is, is not someone that's being discussed or else it'd be a lot of people probably asking him to, to lose his job and not be playing as much. And speaking of O-line, I left somebody out. Matt Skura got signed. And, I, and there are a couple of other guys that I'm not talking about as well. But Matt Skura got signed by the Giants. And so he was on the line with Daniel Jones, who that's a college connection right. as well. And I believe one of the stats from him was that he gave up zero uh, QB hurries or sacks uh, this past weekend in their win. And so, hey, uh, that's really cool. You know, Duke, we are putting more guys into the league. Um, and, and like I said, I didn't mention all of them today. We are putting more guys into the league. And, uh, and that's, that's encouraging. That's five guys right there that all call New York home and now playing in, uh, in the NFL. Pretty cool. A lot of Duke football players in the NFL will keep updating you on that as the season continues to progress. It's Josh Cox joining us here on the program today. The Section 17 podcast is terrific. I'd encourage folks to go listen to it. And, uh, Josh, you're terrific as well, man. Thank you for making uh, Locked On Blue Devils a part of your week over the past few weeks. I'm so appreciative of that. Thanks, man. Hey, JJ, thanks for having me, man. Enjoyed listening uh, to all of the content. We don't talk basketball over on our <laughs> podcast, but I know that this is that time of year, man, where you can double dip for sure. It's ramping and, up. Uh, yeah, for sure. And so I'm looking forward to listening to more of what you guys have uh, here on the Lockdown Blue Devils Network for sure. Here's something for people to be aware of, Josh. One week from today is countdown to craziness. It is. And uh, I'm going to be out of town. I actually had a buddy of mine call me and say, hey, man, I got your ticket if you want it. And uh, I'm going to be out of town next Friday night, but I am looking forward to this season. And I'll be honest with you. It's not because it's Coach K's last season, even though that's just going to be really cool. I'm really glad he announced it before the season started. Right. Because I think it allows just, I don't know. It's You get to enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, but I really, really like Paulo Benchero. I really like AJ Griffin. I, a guy that no one's talking about Trevor kills. I mean, I, yeah. I really like these guys and I think that they have the grit, man. I'm not saying we're going to win a national title. I'm saying that there's a level of grit. I feel like with these guys to where they know what's at stake here and, and just, just dream with me for like 10 seconds. Coach Case final season, we happen to win the national championship. I, I'm not saying we will. I have no idea. I mean, this Kentucky team could be incredible. This team they've got uh, putting together. There's obviously going to be some other teams. I'm sure Gonzaga is going to come back uh, strong and Kansas, all these other teams that always do show up. But man, if we could pull it off, how incredible would that be? What a way to go out. I mean, Duke has had sights on six since 2015 came to a close and uh yeah i'm all for it i'm all for it let's speak that into existence josh right. cox we'll try to do that thanks for doing this man. We'll talk hey, to back, you. hey man back to football yeah it's acc time we're in the middle of acc play we got to get it right the ship got to stay focused on that stay focused on that thanks for having me and let's go do that's josh cox he's joining us here on locked on blue devils Thank you so much to Josh Cox for joining us on the show. A really awesome conversation with him and enjoyed that last little touch at the end where we were able to talk about some of the Duke football players now balling out in the NFL. Shout out to Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones with some big time love this past week after his performance against the Saints. Hopefully that continues this Sunday taking on the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to do it for today's show. Be sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore 
any questions you have, make sure you send them to us on Twitter or an email to LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com. In the near future, we're going to have another edition of a Mailbag Monday, so make sure you don't miss that. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.